We are live, Courtney. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Very well, thank you. How's your day been so far? Uh, it's just getting started, as you can oh, tell of from course. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> An early one today, hey? I'm just not a morning person, so Eat, I'm on my first cup of coffee, and I'm a I'm a late riser on the weekend, so it's ten o'clock here. But you know, <laughs> yeah, guess what time it is here in, in the land down under. Well, I'm going to say since you guys are about eighteen hours ahead, that it's about six p.m. Three a.m. <laughs> You're way <No>! off. <laughs> How is my? Which city are you in? Melbourne, Melbourne. My family's in Melbourne, and um, they are, yeah, yeah. I have family uh, in Turak and um, uh, like out in South Morang, and my dad lived in um, Greensboro. Yeah, wow. I used to live there when I was a kid. Yeah, because I I was looking at Wikipedia and it said you were a citizen of Australia. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. There you go. Yeah, Smart. I lived there. When I was a kid till I was. Uh, we came back when I was about almost four, and um, yeah, I had an accent at one point, and uh, and uh, yeah, and I didn't go back for a really long time, and then I went back a couple of years ago for um, PAX, and it was unbelievable. So you do love it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, it's it's got a, definitely a special place in my heart, and um, you know, I think about capitalizing on my citizenship every once in a while. <laughs> Well, it's uh, it's a pleasure to have you on here today, Courtney. I appreciate you taking the time. I know it's early, but um, everyone's very excited. It's so to early, see I you. couldn't figure out the math. Six <laughs> <laughs> p.m. Wait, no, hold on, eight hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, how was twenty twenty for yourself? How did how did you find it? Was it was it a bit weird? Was it just normal working from home or what? Well, I mean, I, I was definitely lucky in that I. Um, I had already had, um, you know, a booth set up in my house for 10 years or something. Um, and so it wasn't a huge transition in that, you know, a lot of people I knew were just like, I don't have anything at home. I just go into my agency. And uh, so I was really happy to have a booth set up and everything. So there was no rush around that. But it was actually engineering my own sessions. That was terrible yeah. because I'm a complete tech failure. And so... <laughs> Um, there was a lot of like flop sweats, you know, I started working. Um, I did some episodes of like American dad and family guy. And those so are cool. not the sessions that you want to learn like tech stuff on. Yeah. And so, you know, I was, you know, standing in the booth, sweating buckets being like, is it me? I'm so sorry. Uh, and half the time it's just, you know, source connect, which is the yeah, yeah. system that we all sort of, you know, connect over is just so overloaded because everybody was working from home. So, you know, it's nobody's fault, but very stressful for that. But I came out on the other side, knowing a lot more about the tech side of things that I never want to know again. <laughs> and I'm like a huge fan of every engineer out there. I was before, but I'm definitely much more appreciative. Like now I'm taking them all out to dinner. <laughs> so, so you weren't going cra bit crazy like me? Going a bit, you know, fruit loopy. You know, I was um, I'm an extroverted introvert, and so I'm really like I'm great in spurts, and then I have to take some what I call CT time to just decompress. As Sounds anyone like can, me, actually, yeah, yeah. As anyone who's been to Comic Con with me knows, 
everyone knows to get out of the apartment and give me some CT time on the second day so I can just be by myself. But um, uh, yeah, it was hard in that, you know, I miss traveling and that was really the thing that killed me. And it, it sounds kind of, you know, champagne problems, but that is, you know, we work really hard as, as voice actors and we don't work alongside people very often, you know, we're in the booth by ourselves a lot. And so traveling and getting to meet people and going to conventions and, um, has, is really like, um, it feeds my soul in a way that nothing else does. And, um, so that was, that was really tricky. And, um, and, but, you know, I was lucky. I, I feel yeah. like people had it way worse than I did. So I we don't can't you know, complain, I, can we? I mean, you can, but like, you got to perspective, you know, I mean, I have friends who had, you know, studio apartments in New York city and couldn't get, you know, we're going crazy. Mm. And, and I, I, um, so I'm grateful for what I have and I'm, um, I'm grateful that people are being smarter, you know, and hopefully we can beat this thing and just put it to bed and, mm-hmm. and not, you know, and learn from all of this so that we don't have to go through this again. Cause yeah, it was, it was hard on the mental health from time to time for sure. Yeah. hundred percent. Uh, Jade here says I can hear a little bit of Jack from mass effect. Love it. And DJ, just a little, just a, <laughs> yeah. a DJ, he says you are ridiculously talented, Courtney. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. I I really appreciate it. I feel like I am going to ask backwards my way into this business. You know, so many of my friends are amazing singers and have grown up, you know, acting and being on stage. And uh, so I have a little bit of imposter syndrome, you know. And really, that, still to this day. Yeah, I don't know that you ever really shake it. I think sometimes, you know, you're able to um, kind of pat it down and go through phases where you're like, yeah, I got this, but you know, it's such a delicate balance that, uh, anything could throw you off, you know, like a a bad patch, like a, a fallow patch, you know, where you don't get hired because we're basically unemployed at the end of every day. We, it's groundhog day. We have to start all over again. And, you know, um, and so it, if, if things, sort of lesson in intensity, of course. Yeah. You're like, it's because, it's because I didn't, you know, get a master's in theater. It's because I don't know how to sing. It's, you know. Oh, I can. I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I was, you know, I've been a fan of your work for years now, 10 plus years, but I mean, I was looking at your resume, IMDB, and I, I've had Troy Baker on the show. I thought he had a lot of credits, but I think you might have him beat. I mean, no. are no, you no, sure? No. Are you sure? I am sure. You've been in here's here's sure. a list for everyone. Star Wars <laughs> Universe, Star Trek Universe, Call of Duty, Resident Evil, Halo, DC, Marvel, God of War, Saints Row, Titanfall, Final Fantasy, World of Warcraft, Elder Scrolls, Last of Us, Lord of the Rings, Destiny. I mean, the list goes on. <laughs> it's a bit crazy. Like, and I'm actually doing I, I can't say, but I'm doing a project that is that is Somewhat tied to the homeland, so to the motherland. Ooh. So that's, that's uh yeah, that's in the hopper. So oh, I'm very I can't, excited. I can't wait, seriously. And, and I obviously- did do Mad Max, which which I was very excited about because sorry, I have a I have a sleepy time here that's <laughs> uh that I was very happy to tell Hope, my dad. Yeah, about. Hope from Mad Max. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I love and that I character. Was so yeah. I was so happy to be doing something from, you know, that has such a 
I don't know, that's just so tied to, you know, kind of the, all the jokes that we all make. And it was, it was really fun, but yeah, yeah. there's another, there's another something coming soon oh, enough. Don't tease me, please. <laughs> um, and also Ratchet and Language just came out. I mean, the reviews are stellar. You obviously played Miss Zircon, really bubbly, full of life character. I love it. Um, and pirate number three, but nobody talks about pirate. Oh, number sorry. Three. Yeah. I loved your pirate number three. Pirate number three does not get any love. It's <laughs> tragic. And I mean, that was truly my star making that was, turn. Yeah, that was the most nervous <laughs> you've ever been, yeah? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> it is, you know, you don't get to you don't get to speak in pirate that often, you know. So I feel like people should make a bigger deal when you can get we to can it. we get a bit of that now? Do you have it in you or you have to get into the zone? Arr, who left me? <laughs> half and half out me coffee. <laughs> How's your Aussie accent, by the way? Crap. Oh, come it's on. It's crap. I mean, I, I don't know what that is. Is like, I mean, it's not. I would say that, like, like my cousins tell me it's crap. So yeah. I was home visiting, and I uh, gave it a spin, and they were like, "Oh no, that's garbage." And I was like, I, "It's <laughs> the accent that I used to have, and I have some kind of like psychological." barrier or something that um i guess it means like too much to me uh but you know i mean people here think it's okay i guess but the only person that's nailed it is um the the actor of clank david k who you would know mm -hmm. um well he's the only one that's come close to the aussie accent that i've had on 50 plus guests he you sure you don't want to give it a crack he's a canadian <laughs> yeah but that's that's not even close he come on Further away. Yeah, I know. That's why it's impressive. Um, I mean, the, here's the thing is that, like, you know, I grew up, like, out, well, not grew up, but I spent time, you know, everyone that, <laughs> all I think of is, like, my grandmother. And so, and she had a really nice little kind of accent. And there you it was go. all, you know, and so, like, people will, the, it, it's really hard. You'll get something that's like, you know, a sexy Australian accent. And all I can think about is my grandmother. And so I did do, I did do a couple of lines in, in Mad Max. I did play Max's wife and nobody seemed to notice that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's much better when I, when I spend time at home, I'm a much better mimic. Um, but you know, it's also can, like my mom's English. And so sometimes, sometimes it's like entree into a, into a an accent and other times it gets very confusing because you sort of get this like mishmash going so um it's I better if i have some time but you know everything's sort of up here and that's good <laughs> that's good that's that's really good yeah. i love it so um, and i it, and it is beautiful that i can um i actually was in line for like you know food one night and uh, a guy was talking behind me and and uh, i was like are you from melbourne and he was like, he was so blown away that I could be specific about what city he was from. And I was, yeah. you know, because you can really, you can well, tell. Well, the fact the that you say Melbourne, sorry to cut you off, but most Americans will say Melbourne. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, having lived there, I would have gotten my ass kicked <laughs> if I said Melbourne. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, no, that is but, impressive. But, uh, yeah, he was he was blown away that I could, you know, be specific. And I can't I can't quite, like, nail it down, but I always kind of liken, like, Sydney to, 
Los Angeles and Melbourne to San Francisco more. Really? And that, okay. Because I grew up, you know, in San Francisco and Melbourne really has that feeling of San Francisco and vice versa. The, you know, the sort of hills and the trolleys and the trees and um, the sort of, you know, I love the street art and things like that. Like it really feels, and and Sydney definitely feels more Cal, like a sort of Southern California vibe with the beachy mm. stuff. And, and it is, um, Sydney's accent seems to be more like that Southern California accent where it's a bit lazier and like, like lazy is not the right word. I know what like you mean. Label, I know what you mean. Mm. You know? Um, but that's about all I know. I love it. <laughs> that's about all I know. And I love Australian sweeties. So if you guys are um, watching and you feel like sending me a box of any Australian sweeties, I very much appreciate it. Oh, so you don't have any Tim Tams on you at the moment? You know, we can actually get Tim Tams here, which is good. We can't get the good flavors. My cousins send me care boxes every once in a while with all the new like chef flavors. Um, and we can get Violet Crumble, um, but like cherry ripes and, and um, you know, things like that are, yeah. are harder to do for sure. But I do have, hold on one second. No, please, please keep your questions coming too, guys. I will try to get to as many as possible. Um. Oh, <laughs> yes. So you know I'm the wow. real deal. You're the real deal. Yeah. You are the people, real deal. I will. Uh, I, I was so excited when we started getting it here that I would keep, this is so gross, but um, <laughs> I would keep the little, you know how the, you get the jam packs at the restaurants and yeah. I, I had a bunch of jam packs and I would keep them by my bed and I would wake up in the middle of the night <laughs> and stick my finger in the Vegemite and just <laughs> eat it. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Because it's like mother's milk. It's it reminds me so much of being a kid. I so love good. the taste. Oh, I'm gonna get crucified yeah, for talking about Australia this whole interview. <laughs> I have to teach my friends because everybody puts it on like peanut butter here. And you're like, no, you gotta put like butter and some vegemite and like tomato or something, you know, something like that. But that's how I like it. Oh, <laughs> uh, brilliant. I love it. Um so Ratchet and Clank, uh, when when a game like that comes out and you've got and it's got these you know this anticipation, are you one to look at reviews and things like that, and or are you staying away from the online chatter, or do you like to get involved, or what? Um, with a game like Ratchet and Clank, I mean, I I mean, Ms. Zircon is a notable character, but she's not you know one of the main characters, and mm. so I think. I would, I mean, it depends. I definitely um, was thrilled to kind of see what what came out, but I kind of saw it all at once. Someone sent me like a screenshot of all the like 9.5s that I got. And so, and I really felt like this, this game is what we need right now in the world. So I didn't even, con- I, I didn't even consider that it wouldn't do well because the the way that they made it was so full of love. The team was so generous. And I know, you know, we don't, you know, obviously we never like, like there, there are games that are great to be a part of. And it's, I love what I do. And there are games that you, that are extraordinary or stand out because of the process is just different than um, what we do on the, on the norm. And they just were so collaborative, the writing team, um, 
in the sessions and my director uh, were just so open to having a great time and, you know, including what I brought to the party, um, that it was a real collaboration. And so having that happen on a smaller scale for my character, I am a thousand percent sure. And having done interviews with Jen Hale, um, that the process was equally amazing in any other, in any other role. So I think that that both that type of work style shows up in the game and that, you know, this game is something like you're fighting the resistance. Like we've had a really crap five years. Right. And um, well, here, if you're in America and um, maybe you guys too, um, <laughs> well, we, won't yeah, we, we just, uh, no, we won't get yeah. into it, but we just sort of, we're the, um, the cousin that follows whatever you guys do. I know. You know? Yeah. I know. And I pay attention. I pay attention to, uh, you know, what's going on obviously. And, um, but yeah, it's been a really sort of the last five years have been kind of soul crushing and heart crushing and, um, and to have a game that is both, you know, has that like optimism and bright colors and love and, you know, that's fighting Dr. Nefarious and, and, um, Mm. Uh, or Emperor Nefarious now, I guess, um, uh, that people would really relate to that. And it seems like they have. And I love that uh, that Insomniac is able to put out things that appeal to kids on one level and adults on another level in the same mm. property. And I think that's that's great because also, you know, we need to get back to, you know, community. We need to get back to being with other people. We need to get back to hope and love and joy, and that is really evident in this game. Oh, um, super fun. I ended up beating it in one playthrough. It was just couldn't put it down. Loved it. <laughs> it's it's People are saying it's like a Pixar movie, and it is, and, yeah. and it is in, in many levels, you know, and, um, and I think that's true of Pixar movies that you can, something that you can take your kids to and enjoy, but if you don't have kids, you know, I love them just as much, you know, without, without a kid sitting next to me, mm. and... Um, so, yeah, I, I think there's a place for all kinds of games, um, but this one in particular, I have been really happy to look online and see. I don't go to the boards too much because it can get really dark, but um, but just on you know social media and stuff that that people are just really loving I ha- it. I haven't seen much bad about Ratchet, which is great to see. Very positive, yeah. a bit like the game. Um, I do a lot of Resident Evil content here, so I've got to get some questions in about about Resi. Um, what, what do you what do you remember about Resident Evil Six doing that, or just playing Ada Wong? What like do you have fond memories or what? Yeah, it was. Um, I mean, it was definitely uh, different um, in that. I did the face cap for her for Resident Evil Six. Not my the someone else did the mocap. The very talented um, actress Michelle Lee uh, did her motion capture. So her body is Michelle Lee, and then some of her face stuff is me. Um, so that was really challenging because you were in the booth watching the screen of Michelle doing the initial movements. So Michelle is acting, being Michelle, being Ada. And then I am watching Michelle be Ada and then mirroring her movements. So if she came out of a doorway and looked right, then I oh, came that's out of trippy. And, and had to look right 
on my side, which is the opposite side of what I'm seeing her do because it's mirroring. Right. Um, and, and Michelle and I definitely have different cadences. She speaks much faster than I do. And, um, you know, so it's, it's Did you have to of, voice match as well. I didn't have, well, and, and the timing is so that you're obviously you can't be still saying something if she's already through the door. Right. 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 Okay. I get it. So you're matching timing. Um, uh, not necessarily the, the actual sound of it, but the timing. And so it was very much like, you know, doing the, you know, rubbing your tummy and patting your head and talking and chewing gum at the same time. Um, so, and I had never done that. So it was a challenge for me work-wise because I had, I had never done that. And, um, and we, we did, we had a, we had a great time. It was, one of the harder sessions, you know, uh, uh, characters that I've done in that respect for, for six, but I came out the other side being like, wow, that's an amazing thing to kind of know how to do and anticipate for when it comes up again. And, um, uh, I think now the trend is more to having one person do it all, but obviously Mm -hmm. I am not like six foot tall, beautiful spy. So, and Michelle Lee is, (laughs) so Wow, that is bizarre. So, but we had a great time, and uh, Liam O'Brien of uh, Critical Role, and you know, so many voice credit fame. Uh, he directed me, and so oh, it was nice. great because we are friends, um, and so that was really lovely. It's always great to have, um, you know, uh, one of your buddies giving you some, oh, yeah. you know, just kind of shorthand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and it's really funny. I wish I had taken video because Liam O'Brien giving you a sort of a uh, imitating Ada Wong how he wants oh, to hear yeah. her is <laughs> really precious. That would be brilliant. <laughs> so, how does that work? Because there's a huge cast alongside you for that one. Troy Baker, we mentioned before, Matthew mm-hmm. Mercer, who else? Uh, Roger Craig. Smith, Laura Bailey, Laura. I mean, it's a stack. Do you do you um, get to work with them, or is it all you're just hearing them through the headset, or what? No, we we actually they were really lovely in that they had a pizza party for us at the offices before we got started, which is really unusual. Um, normally, you don't kind of get to know, and I actually didn't know any of them. I knew Matt Mercer. I've known him for a long time, but I I think that was the first time that I had met uh, the other. And I had, I knew Roger, but I didn't know Laura or Troy at that point. Wow. And so um, uh, it was cool to um, to be able to kind of see who you were working with, even though we did not get to work together in, in the booth. You know, for the most part, our sessions are by ourselves. Um, hopefully someday uh, the industry will change to some degree and allow us to work together because I think it – the end product is so much more cohesive, but there are many reasons that 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 hasn't happened and probably because we talk a lot and so maybe we would never get anything done. <laughs> well, there are there are circumstances where you do get some of the, you know, you can do voice acting in the same booth. Not often, but I have talked to some um, actors before that have done that, I think. Yeah. It's, it's pretty standard for uh, like animation um, yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. games, uh, Halo Wars, I did with uh, Nolan North and Robin Atkin Downs and Kimai Guest and David Soboloff. We were all in the same room. Who were they? Was, never, never heard of them. Some hacks. <laughs> um, and, and we had a great time, but 
I think we had too much of a great oh, time. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I don't, yeah, yeah, we definitely yeah. ended up doing some by ourselves. But um, <laughs> and, uh, Last of Us 2, uh, Naughty Dog had us doing, it was really actually interesting. The sessions were really uh, vocally stressful. And so they had us pair up. Were you with Julie? No, I wasn't. Oh. Julie came in after me. Oh. And so Kari Walgren and Julie Nathanson are some of, you know, two of my best friends in the world. And they were also paired but they were paired with other people. We were like, we could have carpooled. We all they must two- have done that on purpose. <laughs> but, um, they knew. No. Yeah, they knew. <laughs> um, but so so we were paired up and it was kind of great because they got consistency within the sort of factions that we were voicing between, um, you know, be- so that you could hear what the other person was doing who was in your faction. And so you were obviously giving it your own spin but they were able to direct us. It, it, they they found like the economy of directing two people at once. And also it gave us a break because so much of the material was vocally stressful. So you would be able to, you know, do 10 or 15 lines. And then while the other person did their 10 or 15 lines, you got a break. You could drink tea, you could relax your vocal cords, you could do a little massage. So it was really brilliant. Um, and uh I thought it was a great use of time and, um, and it really added to, you know, it's just a little touch maybe that you don't notice in a game like at the front of your brain, but that the cohesion works Yeah, because that way. So I loved it. I love those. What were they called on lot? Seraphites? Is that the name? Seraphites. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that, that whole yeah. part. It was just, the whistling Gnarly, and, right? and yeah, they all had names and I loved it. The whistling and, mm. you know, and they got professional whistlers to come in because of course really? I was like, I can do it. <laughs> and they were like, uh, no. Professional whistler. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard that term before. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, and those, those whistles are amazing. So it wasn't like oh, we were they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Incredible. You, you just heard my beautiful whistling and they were like, no. Oh, it's only early. Uh, Darkness, he says, how was it to face off with and voice both Ada and her imposter from RE6? Was it exciting to find out that the Ada storyline? Yeah, it was great. It was, uh, I mean, Carla is, uh, I, I mean, I like the dark characters. So Carla was really cool. And that was another thing that I hadn't done before was sort of making a character that just was a couple of clicks over. You know, it was very subtle so that so that you really didn't know. Um, it wasn't like. I know what you it, mean. It, yeah, it felt really subtle. And yeah. um, and so that was a challenge um, and to have her kind of come out of it and, you know, and drive that click a few more ticks over on the dial. Um, but yeah. And, and also seeing the. Um, the beginning animation of what they were doing um, was really cool. There was just a bunch of like behind the scenes stuff that was really stuff that I hadn't been uh, privy to in other games. Um, And yeah, there was a lot of firsts for me in that game. And that was definitely a cool one. Now, I don't know if you know, but uh, Resident Evil Village came out this year. So that was Mm -hmm. number eight in the series. And Mm -hmm. um, in the sort of behind the scenes art, there's Ada Wong in there. And she was actually going to be a part of the story at one point. Um, did you know about this? Do you have to keep your mouth shut? And have I have you got a red dot on your head or what? 
no, 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 no. Um, you know, I, uh, I have not been. Um, yeah, you do have a red dot. <laughs> no, I mean, I didn't know about it because I'm not privy to, you know, because I'm not voicing Ada right now. And I, and yeah. I, you know, my, as much as I would love to go back to, to voicing her, um, I, yeah. I did read just because I'm always curious about what's going on with Resident Evil. I did read about that and that, you know, somehow like, you know, it, it, it had nothing to do with me and, you know, I would, no. I would love to see that. Um, but uh, it was just, yeah, it was a kind of a mystery that they, I, I don't know, maybe they're doing something with her character that they're saving for another game. I have, I have no idea as much as you guys. Do you think you would be the one to play or they would get someone new or what? Um, you know, if they, if they went back to using union actors, I would be, because, you know, the stuff that I did was under a union contract and, um, they, they went back to using non-union actors. So for whatever oh, reason, okay. and so I wasn't able to work on the project, um, you know, on future projects, they did ask me and, and I was, you know, I just have to, I have to abide by the rules for, you know, um, so that's really yeah. the only thing that if they if they wanted to do that, I would love to reprise her. Mm-hmm. I got to do some, you know, a, a Teppin project um, where I got to revisit her, you know, last year. And it was just great. She's an amazing character. There's so much more to be plumbed with her. So, you know, I keep my fingers crossed. But really, it's, you know, people sort of need to let. I don't have any say in the decision-making process. It's really about what the fans want. Um, And if the fans reach out and, and then, you know, hopefully they, they decide to, to use union actors again, because I'm here. Well, I'm here. Going back to pirate three, AD says, I love pirate three. It was my favorite character in the game. Oh my gosh. Finally. (laughs) We have a fan. We have a fan. Thank you. There are no small parts, guys. No, (laughs) not with Courtney. Dogboy says, your work as Ada just hits different for me personally. Um, Would it be rude to ask you for a greeting in Ada's voice, love from Tyler? No, Tyler. I would love to give you a greeting. Um, It's so nice to see you. Well, I guess I'm not really seeing you, but I'll see you soon. Ooh, there you go. I love it. <laughs> Craig says if she... I love doing her because oh. she's so much cooler than I am. Oh, and like no. so much more together and like, you know, I'm I'm dorking around with my bedhead and she's like... You're cool. Hello. Don't worry. <laughs> I got you back. Craig says if you could voice any character that you haven't before, who would you pick? I know you did Wonder Woman and that was awesome. I would go, I mean, I'd go back to Wonder Woman in a heartbeat, but Rosario Dawson does an amazing job with her. Um, I did get to play Dr. Poison um, in uh, in one of the Wonder Woman projects a couple of years ago. And that was definitely, I love playing baddies. So um, everyone says that they're the, they're the most fun. Yes. I mean, but uh, don't get me wrong. Like I showed up to Wonder Woman wearing like knee boots and, you know, maybe a casual, just one bracelet. Um <laughs> Because every little girl wants to be Wonder Woman, right? Um, But I really love the idea of, and I said this before, but this is my passion project. Unfortunately, I'm not a writer, but if I was, I would be writing a, you know, sort of a Disney princess, but a punk rock version. You know, something that um, I look at the Disney princesses and I say, you know, that's great that they're 
there, you know, much more variety in them, but I want a punk rock version. Like a bit more of a hard ass style, a bit like Jack. Just, yeah, like for for little girls who aren't who aren't mm. dreaming of being a you know I was like yeah. a grubby little kid with dirt on the belly of my t shirts and yeah. you know loved animals and had you know rats for pets and loved creepy stuff and and where's my goth Disney princess where's my punk rock Disney princess um, that's what I think needs to come out because. One of the things that I loved about Jack was that she kind of um, embodied this idea of what a woman is that that is out there and doesn't get a ton of representation. And I think for little girls, um, it's important to show that you and, and animation shows have been much better about this. But I think it's important to do some feature films in the classic, you know, sort of canons that show rough and tumble little girls who aren't, you know, don't have little birds landing on their fingers. Maybe it's a baby rat or a bat. I know what you mean. Or a quokka. No, I agree. I agree. Um, We've got a bunch of questions here. Do you need to shoot off, Courtney? I know you're very busy. You're all right to keep going a little bit longer? I'm great. I'm just halfway through my coffee. (laughs) Um, Oh, everyone's loving, loving it, loving it. I, I, I personally, I want to know because as an actor, as you said before, it's hard to, you know, you're always getting a new job. You know, you always <laughs> got to look for new work. So when you land Fallout and you've got, I don't know how long the script is, but I'm guessing it's about that big. Are you like, oh, I'm f- the next two years I'm happy? I'm- is that the feeling or what? Yeah. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I, you know, because games, you can be a, you know, sort of a a player voice in a game that doesn't have a ton of, of um, lines Lines. and, you know, and so you're a player voice, but it's, it's, you know, maybe 10 sessions, something like that. And I remember asking them in the booth, I was like, so how, you know, how many sessions do you think this would be? And they said, see that binder? And, uh, and I was like, yeah. And it was one of those big ones. And they were like, that's the script. And I was like, whoa, like, you know, picked it up, like, you know, the Lion King and was just like, (laughs) (laughs) because they were like, you know, it's going to be probably around a year and a half, you know, you'll be a while. And I've never had, I've never had job security like that. So that was incredible. Far out. So would that be, out of all the gigs you've got, is that the most excited for a gig that you've ever been or is there one that stands out more than that or what? I mean, as far as like job security, and obviously I was thrilled to be working on on that game, um, but uh, I did a, a cartoon on Cartoon Network called OKKO OK Let's Be Heroes and I was really excited about that because it was a complete departure from what I had done, um, you know, playing bad yeah. ass women and yeah. then going to playing a six to 11 year old boy who wants to be a hero. Yeah. Um, sort of believe. Bit of a departure. <laughs> so that was exciting. And I knew that there was going to be some job security with that as well, but, but also just, that it was going to be a way for me to kind of get access to a different part of my heart and my brain. Uh, so that was really exciting too. They're all exciting. I mean, I, I gotta know, say, I know. 
you know, not to sound like a, like, oh, everything's amazing. And I'm so pleased every time, but, but I really am excited every time I get, to, I just worked on Hearthstone doing like oh, a 16, nice. a 16 year old orc named Rakara. And she's like punk rock. She's got a mohawk, you know? Nice. So I was so jazzed and, you know, there's just different elements of every job that, even the ones that are tougher, you're like, Hey, I'm learning something new. I'm stretching. This is difficult. So it, and it should be difficult. You know, sometimes it shouldn't always just be like, Oh, here's me and my Ada Wong voice or my, you know, my Jack voice. Um, you, you want to go in and be challenged. And so if it's, if it's that you're working with someone you haven't worked before, or they're a little, the, the communication is a little more challenging or the work or the accent the material, the time frames, you know, um, Elder Scrolls can be challenging, you know, because we pack so much stuff into our sessions. And I'm playing like a cat lady from Eastern Europe, kind of. And, um, and you know, the pace is frenetic. So for me, that's, it's a little stressful, but it's also a great challenge where you're like, I you know, get my chops up. Well, you're only allowed to technically do four hours, yeah, before you for the day, or is um, it a break and then another? You can do another four. No, you no. would never. I mean, talking for four hours, acting for four hours, doing all the things that stuffed. we do. Yeah. You really you notice around the third hour that it's it's going south. Um, no matter how, I mean, four hours is maximum, but oh, really? people just yeah. get tired. People get tired um, and some people are amazing machines, but for the most part, <laughs> you know, people start flagging, um, you know, depending on the material and uh, it's, it's really the maximum that you can get any good material. But, um, but yeah, I, I mean, some of it can just be vocally stressful and that, you know, cuts down to about two, two hours. And um, then the challenge is, you know, how well do you take care of your voice? How, can you walk away from a two hour session of screaming and be like, I sound great. I did it. I took care of myself. I prepped. I did the stuff. Yeah. It was a challenge, you know? Yeah. yeah so, yeah. so what's it like stepping away after, after, I don't know how long you worked on it, two years, let's say what on the final day, how does that feel for you? Are you, is it a bit bittersweet or what? I mean, or are you sick of it? You're like, I need something. No, 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 no. no. It's, it's bittersweet because, you know, we don't work every single day for two years on it. And you get no, into this no. lovely sort of groove with people that you adore that you're working with. Um, Kalel Bogdanov it was my was my director and he's incredible. Um, Dan Montez was my engineer. We just had such a good time in the booth. So it's always sad. It's funny because I've done plays, you know, uh, and like theater stuff. And I'm always like, yeah, it's the last day we're done. Um, whereas with voice acting, I'm always kind of teary, you know, you at the emotional. end. Yeah. Yeah. I oh, mean, that's cool. We did the last, um, the last monologue for, uh, for fallout. And I sobbed through the whole thing. You can hear it. I mean, I go back and listen to it and I'm like, Oh my God, you can just hear me crying. Caught That's myself. Right. You, you could you could swear it's fine. Caught myself. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, 
it's it's very emotional on the last day of Jack. You know, it, Fallout was great because they kept doing DLC. So we were like, oh, this is the last day. And then it's like, we're back, yay. Um, but yeah, I mean, you always want to revisit those characters. That reminds me of Jen, Jen's video where she's reacting to the Mass Effect trailer and she's breaking down crying. I thought that was so cool that she's so passionate about it. And I'm, you're, I'm guessing you were crying watching her cry over that trailer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's and that's for so many reasons, because Mass Effect really I mean, Mass Effect was momentous in the idea that they, you know, had a female player character with identical lines to the male character. They didn't change anything. They um, you know, that that game really kicked down the door for having a female player character in every game that you have a voiced protag. And um, and it, you know, it it paved the way for me being able to do fallout four and um, you know jen has jen has changed the industry for us women and um and then on top of it just the the amount of love and community that these games create Um. is really i mean i get emotional talking about you know mass effect and and uh the people that love that game why is it the Mass Effect community that's so, like, it just seems like it's such a tight group of people in the community so positive. Why is it that game, do you think? Is it just because it's spanned over three games and the story for everyone's different? Or I don't know. I think, um, and I would say the Fallout community is really tight as well. Um, the oh, Resident yeah. Evil community is oh, oh, as- yeah. A different vibe that they are like, (laughs) it's funny. You can always like, if I'm doing a convention, I can always tell the RE fans. They're all in black and like, you know, um, but uh, uh, yeah, it's just a different vibe for each, each property. But Mm. I think Mass Effect, you know, had the benefit of being a very consistent storyline for three games. I think um, they, had the cohesion of us being able to hear the select lines. And so the storytelling is both really deep as far as the individual characters go. There's a ton of things that people can relate to. They, Bioware really fully fleshed out so many different characters so that there's a lot of representation um, across the board uh, for, for many different types of people. Um, And the creativity in that in that group of people and yeah they they formed their own communities mm. you know outside of just playing the game online there are groups it's it's like star wars you know it has that consistency it has that deep storytelling it has that They're passionate about the game i'll tell you that <laughs> that's mm-hmm. their favorite series you can't you can't tell them it's not they love it yeah but it's but it's but I also think that the great thing is is that you know those stories that they've told in those games and um, stand up over time. Oh. you know, and and people relate to Jack or you know Tali or uh, Grunt or you know whoever they they see something in it and that it really hooks them. Do you out of all the work you've done is that is that the requests you get a lot? Like, is it Mass Effect fans? Is it Resi fans? Is it Fallout? Like. What are you most recognized for, do you think, from fans usually? Or is it just a mix? It's a mix. Mm. Um, you know, there's and there's a bunch of other stuff 
two, um, but those three are, you know, some of the meatier characters that I've played and it depends on the location. Um, really, it's really yeah. interesting, different conventions. So in what different about in Australia? What was it? Do you remember? You know, I've only, uh, uh, I came to Australia to do PAX and I've only been there one time and I actually did uh, Destiny. Ah, yeah, of course. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. did a Destiny panel um, and, but then there was a big fallout, uh, photo op. So it was interesting cause I didn't really get any sort of, there was a little bit of resident evil, not a ton of mass effect that really? I saw. Yeah. Wow. And, and it was a ton, but that may have just been the day that I was, you know, or the days that I was there, like, it's a bit you, just never know. Yeah. you just never know, but, um, yeah, definitely like the smaller conventions in different parts of the country here. It's interesting to see what people respond to. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting this question a lot going back to Resi. Everyone's asking about your opinion on the Leon and Ada relationship. Can you is, can you jog your memory and and think about that and give us an answer because everyone keeps asking me. So, oh my gosh, it's like the biggest unresolved like sexual tension. <laughs> can't even i'm like if, if they ever have a game where it gets resolved if i don't get to voice ada i'm free <laughs> <laughs> it's gotta happen yeah don't you think it's great i mean it, yes i i think so i mean were, they, it's, were you ever told about that was that a backstory thing or not really in the writing it's in the you know i mean it's it's, it's obvious it's, yeah it's it was obvious and and um yeah i mean it's funny because, you know, I, I'm, I've been friends with Matt Mercer for a long time. And, and so it's knowing that we're both total goofballs and then, <laughs> and then having these really like way cooler <laughs> people on the screen, <laughs> just, um, it's, it's hard to wrap my brain around a little bit, but I definitely think there is a huge opportunity there for, you know, for them to bring this to fruition at some point or for us to know I mean, we got to know more and then we got to finish it up. Am I right? Well, there's a Resident Evil DLC for Village coming out and I'm I'm praying you as Ada Wong are in it, all right? Let's hope it happens. Uh, Let Capcom know. That's the only <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can say. Chill. I would love to, to, to come back. Oh, I know. Chill Surface. Hello, Courtney. Just finished playing the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Love Jack Raging. Um bioticness raging bioticness i don't know if that's a real word lol i know this question gets a loss gets asked a lot but what was it like playing such a strong character um it was very cathartic um i was <laughs> i have spoken pretty freely about uh you know being kind of a um troubled youth if we if we will um, and so I was able to draw on some, I, I mean, it makes me laugh. I saw the art for Jack and I was like, oh, I shaved my head in high school. Perfect. Um, you know, I had a mohawk. Perfect. Uh, I know this girl. Um, yeah. and I do, I mean, I knew, I know her and obviously she's turned up to 20 on both her background, you know, what's happened to her and how she relates to people, but mm. I very much can understand um, a, a character that would choose to be in the bottom of the ship and be, uh, you know, fighting people who want to get close to her. 
um, oh. that really resonated with me. Um, you know, I remember my mom saying when I was a kid, you know, I got kicked out of school a lot for the way that I looked, you know, I violated dress codes and oh, things like yeah. that. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, and my mom just being like, you know, I appreciate that you use this, you know, you're very artistic, artistic about the way you look, but, you know, I, I worry that you get, cause I got into fights and, you know, things like that. Um, and she's like, but I worry about that part of it. And I was like, the way that I look is a filter. If you can't get past the way that I look, then you're an asshole and I don't want to deal with you. And so I felt very much like Jack had that up as well. Like you had to fight to earn her opening up to you. And I can totally relate to that. Um, I have been in therapy for a long time. And so I don't, you know, react to things the, the way that I used to. And I've made amends for a lot of things, but, um, but I could very much relate to that idea of, of being so sort of broken that you are on the offense all the time that you just yeah. can't, you can't relax and that everybody has to prove themselves to you. Everyone's out to get you sort of thing. Yeah. And, oh. um, and, and that kind of wild past that she talks about and that I loved that they gave her such a great arc in the end that they didn't make her, you know, like making tea with an apron on, but that, you know, she still retained who she was, but in a much more. But she had she a good heart to, in the end. Yeah. She, I mean, she always had a good heart. Oh, she just yeah. had had really bad life. And so in the end she got to retain who she was and, and be that, you know, you know, drink your juice, Rodriguez kind of thing. But also you're like, yes, she loves and is loved in, you know, at, at Grissom. And, and I really loved that. And then she had a, you know, she adopted a, a Varen and that that's great. Like I don't have kids, but I really do try and, and be available for people who need help. And I have, you know, adopted dogs. Um, I have two rescue dogs. And oh, nice. so I just felt like very much it was a parallel is my very long-winded answer. But um, I it felt like a, an old, comfortable pair of shoes that I could step into and just turn up the volume on it quite a bit to make it hurt. Did, did you say you got emotional the, at the final few scenes doing, doing her? I or? get emotional talking about her, period. Really? And yeah, I that's amazing though. That, that, that's when you know. Well, that's when you know you poured your heart and soul into the character, and you know. Yeah, I'm very, very grateful to Bioware for putting her out there. I felt like she needed to be seen by you know gamers, and mm. she needed to show a different kind of woman. Um, and I, I say this all the time, and I get really weepy when I say it, but I believe that her message is you are greater than the sum of what has happened to you. You know, you can, mm, you can overcome it. Things. You can have terrible things happen in your life that people do to you or happen to you and that you are, you can be greater than that. You can use that to become who you are supposed to be. And, um, and that you are, no matter what's happened to you, you are worthy of loving and, and being loved. Kisma here says, thank you for sharing so openly, Courtney. You are a strong one. 
Uh, <laughs> I'm half Aussie. <laughs> oi, oi, oi. <laughs> I'll give you a couple more. I'll give you a couple more before I let you go. Um, do you, are you a gamer yourself or are you straight onto YouTube, my channel, uh, checking out your stuff or what? Yes. Yeah. That is very much true. The, yeah. the latter. Yeah. Um, it is, you know, it's, it's, I do some like kind of strategy kind of games, like, you know, on my phone where you have to like figure out how to get the, you know, travel through a maze kind of stuff. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. the learning curve for games is insane to me. And also I got to say, and not a lot of people know this, but um, we work all uh, like if I do two sessions in a day, I get up. And at, you know, seven o'clock to be at work at nine. And then I work from nine to one. And then I have a lunch break where I drive and eat to go to my next session from two to six. And then it's Los Angeles. So I drive home and I get home at seven. And then, <clears throat> and then I, I eat dinner, right? I eat dinner. And, and as voice actors, like we audition for everything. When people say, oh, I want to be a voice actor. I'm like, oh, cool, oh, cool, cool. Um, What's well, so you going home I'm and auditioning like, at night? Yeah. And so I'll be in the booth till 1130 at night sometimes and midnight and, and then have to get up and sort of do it all over. And I'm certainly not complaining, but I would, I think people would be shocked to know how, at least I can only speak for myself, how how little, how little time I have for, to read a book to, you know, it's, it is both, it's the paradox of being a voice actor in that you have to do all of your research before you ever get in the booth you have to have worked on your accents. You have to have just gone through the world and kind of gathered stories and done all the acting work that, you know, because when you get hired, you have to be ready to go immediately. So the amount of work that goes into the pre part of you getting hired oh. is insane. Like if I want to work on an accent, I'm doing it in the car on my way to work or um, you know, I, I go on vacation and I take, I take equipment with me so that I can do auditions because if I go on vacation, That's not a vacation. <laughs> I know because if I go on vacation for a week, then I'm not working that week and I'm not auditioning that week, which so means that I'm not. future things, yeah. And yeah. So yeah. the future things go. So. Well, it sounds like me uh, doing YouTube. I've got to have videos ready if I'm on vacation. It's the same thing. Yeah. And, and so, uh, you know, I have, I play, I play like the first couple of levels of games when I get them. And then as soon as it gets hard, I'm out (laughs) because (laughs) I can't, I don't have time to to get good or anything. But I, but I do, you know, sit on YouTube. I look at the, at the cutscenes and stuff. And, you know, I hope that people understand like, uh, you know, that, that it is not us, being like, you know, obviously we would all love to to play, but um, it is a time thing. It is a t- like when people are like, I've got 400 hours on Fallout. I'm like, 400 hours, 400 hours. I'm like doing the math. I'm like, that's like, that's like a week and a half of you never sleeping. <laughs> so, um, yes. Uh, so, but one of these days I'm going to level up literally. Oh, really? Okay. Okay. Yeah, one of these days I'm gonna get. You know, when when I stop working so much, I'm gonna. You, you'll know. You'll know if I if I start saying like I've got 400 hours on a game, you're gonna know that I'm not working you know, at well, all. You strike me as a person that would never slow down. You're just gonna keep doing this, you know, because you're just yeah. so passionate. Am I right? 
Yeah. I say that they are going to wrench a cold microphone out of my hands as they're burying me. <laughs> like, yeah. I love it. This is, I can't imagine, you know, everyone, it's funny. People will say like, don't you want to do real acting? And I'm like, oh, it's real I hate, like, oh, I hate yes. that. TV and film. And while oh. I, while I enjoy doing those things, it is, I, and I know that's supposed to be like the top echelon of acting is to be like a series regular on a TV show face acting, but it's not my passion. Yeah. And it, and it took me a long time to kind of go like, Oh, that's okay. That's okay. Because everyone in LA wants to do that thing. And when you're like, but I really, I really love going into a booth and playing pretend with myself <laughs> and, and that's real acting. And, um, and that's okay if that's what you want to do. It's okay if you want to be an actor part-time. It's okay if you just want to go take an acting class because you're a lawyer. Like there's all different kinds of things, you know, ways that we can put art and creativity into our lives, painting, um, you know, uh, crafting, anything like that. But, um, but yeah, this is the thing for, this is my passion. Well, I can't imagine doing anything of, else. A lot of, um, yeah, Hollywood actors, they'll try and, and do a game and and they won't be great at it to just to be frank like some of them just can't transition over mm-hmm. very well because it is a certain skill isn't it it all is i mean oh. acting is not a monolith um you know just like being a lawyer or being an artist you know oh. if you're a, a fine artist you might kick ass in watercolors but pen and ink isn't going to be your thing right and it is a a big transition from going, you know, I, I do do on camera stuff from time to time and it is a totally different deal Mm. being on a soundstage with props, with other people, with, you know, other actors, with people watching you with, you know, it is a entirely different ball of wax. It could not be any more different than standing in a booth by yourself with the lines in front of you, making it up as you go. So of course, uh, you know, on camera actors doing, voice acting is not a given just as obviously us doing the reverse. Um, But, but, you know, you, I also think that the, the hitch in that is that people think that this is just about getting in there and just talking and it's not, it's just not, you know, there are all the acting choices that you have to make for on camera, you know, for theatrical acting, but you have to do it in a much shorter time frame with nothing but your own imagination for the most part. And, um, and it is difficult when you cannot rely on your facial expressions and your hand gestures and things to, in, to, to deliver a character that will translate. But do you do that anyway? Cause a, a lot of people I ask, they say that they're very, they move a lot in the booth and they are doing that. But obviously, it doesn't get translated sometimes. Are you one to move around a lot, or I am famous for hitting myself in the face with the <laughs> in fact, I thought so. Yeah. When I worked on, um, God, I worked on a game where they actually had hash marks on it <laughs> for every time that I walked in. It, it, to be fair, to be fair, the setup of the room is that they have a slanting. Glass window that's like this. So I would turn around to talk to them, and I would continuously. Oh, hit my... yeah, yeah, okay. Um, and and mic setups, you know. But yes, I I definitely am very physical actor. But yeah, 
it's still not this. And, and I see people who are able to, you know, you watch Gray Delisle or Tara Strong or Kari Walgren, and they are able to sit down and deliver amazing sit performance. Sit down. Really? Sit down and do it like I'm talking to you right now. That's that's tough, I would thought. Mm. So, and those are, you know, for the most part, that's a lot of animation work that those women do. And um, so, yeah, it's, but it still is, I've seen behind the scenes stuff from, you know, movies that had celebrities doing the voices and it doesn't matter how much you move around. It's, it's what's in your heart. It's what's in your brain. It's how you're approaching the character. And sometimes it just doesn't work. Yeah. So and then we come in and we take them. <laughs> we take their jobs. Just kidding. We don't take their jobs. They actually continue to be hired, and then we get to play smaller parts. <laughs> so as you as you look back on your career so far, you're just thankful, blessed, are you proud. What what are you? How do you look back so far? I look back on it as a as an example of. Um, somebody who didn't know what they wanted to do until pretty late in the game mm. um, that uh, I'm proud of my tenacity in, you know, I moved to Los Angeles when I was 28 and everyone was like, you're a little late, aren't you? And, um, and having not been, you know, I did do theater training, um, but I still to this day, I'm not a singer. Um that I kind of cobbled together in my career from. Um, you didn't have much experience like going in or what? No. I mean, I didn't even know the voice acting was a thing when I started taking classes and um, I'd started in commercials and I just sort of like kept looking and going, I want to do that. I want to do that. And then kind of making it happen by, you know, uh, it's like building, it's like building a, a car, you know, from parts as opposed to mm. buying it off the lot or. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like that. I feel like I built my car from like parts that I found or that I just happened to have <laughs> in my backyard. I like that. I like that. And yeah. a lot of training that, that I realized that I needed to have and then went and did it as opposed to a lot of actors who grow up wanting to do this from the time they're like eight. And so they're prepping for it. And so I'm proud of the fact that I started late to acting and that people can look at my career and say, oh, you can you can decide, you know, what you want to do later on. You can, it, you know, not going to, you know, uh, not having a theater degree from from NYU isn't going to stop me from yeah. doing you know, I have a broadcasting degree. It has nothing to do with what I do now, but, um, and that you didn't go to some fancy school and do theater, right? Training. And that, yeah, and yeah. that you, can, you can cobble it together, um, as long as you keep just busting your ass, you know. And I'm proud because I've worked really, really hard and I continue to work really, really hard because this is a very competitive business and, um, uh, you can have anything that you put your mind to, I think, but you really have to you really have to put your mind to it. It has to be the number one thing. You can't, mm. you can't screw around. Um, yeah. So that's, and I'm happy to have played a lot of women who maybe wouldn't have gotten um, as much, you know, that are, that are sort of ground, not groundbreaking. That sounds too grand, but you know, just are underrepresented. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I get to talk about things like representation and inclusivity and hopefully, you know, work with people that believe in that kind of stuff too. Love so. it. Love it. Awesome. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on, Courtney. I really, I hope you've had a good time. It's been so much fun. I'm sorry it's 3 a.m. You know what? We could do this at a different hour next time if you'd like. That'd be cool. All right, that'd be good. No, but I've had I've had a blast. I'm I'm a I'm a night owl anyway, so it's all good. Um, is there any upcoming projects you can talk about to us, or are they you're under NDA and the snipers looking at you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is one thing. I I definitely hope at some point that we'll be able to. You know, I have a bunch of uh, animated stuff coming out. Um, I am. I have episodes of American Dad and Family Guy. Oh, um, so you cool. know, just very lucky to be doing, you know, s- some smaller characters. Um, so you're getting recurring work with them too now. Uh, you know, I've done I've done a few a few uh episodes. They they definitely like um to give me, you know, fun sort of little roles and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So there's more of that and um gosh I think I can't really drop any more. There's no. there's some great games coming out. But if you follow me on Twitter at Courtney Taylor, Courtney Taylor, my name is spelled funny, Courtney, um, E-N-A-Y. Uh, I put stuff on there the second I can talk about it. Are we? Do you think that's going to change in the industry? Because, like, you know, for Hollywood stars, you know, The Rock, you know he's attached to four movies coming out, whether it's, mm-hmm. you know, in video games, it's all – it's all hush hush, which is a little annoying. But do you think it'll ever change, well, or it's just the nature of the beast? I think it will. I yeah? think it will. I'm I'm interested to see. Um, I'm seeing different kinds of marketing for uh, animation, like animated movies and stuff, where they're actually some people are starting to realize that voice actors, in their own right, have fan bases, and so when you know the. It's the, good for them to know. It's good for us yeah. to talk about this stuff. It's good for it's us. free marketing. <laughs> right. And so, and I understand with some games, it's not possible. Hmm. Um, but with other games, uh, you know, and, and animated projects, I mean, it it makes sense. It You know, people talk about leaks and things like that, but I'm like, it's not that often that the voice actors leak because we know that it will stop us from getting hired. So I yeah. think that, um, that, and and at least when something is announced and some people get to talk about it, I th- I hope that um, w- will be utilized as both recognized as actual you know contributors to the acting, not just yeah. the name name on camera actors, but also that you know our fans are vocal and involved, and so um, and I think it's also on the voice actors too. To be completely fair that we've all sort of come up being anonymous. And so it doesn't really, I think on-camera actors are groomed to, you know, have PR and have people that are putting them out there. And we have always been a community do that is do very, it yourself sort of thing. You just, you just work, yeah. you just work and whatever happens after that, like, great. But like, we're about the, the work of it. And, um, and as things change, I think voice actors need to change and start preparing and being like, Hey, I need to talk to somebody to make sure I get billing on this. I need to talk to somebody and make sure that I have the PR tools and, um, you know, that I'm, that I'm present because 
you know, if if somebody is doing PR for the animated movie you're in and you don't have a PR agent and they don't know how to get a hold of you, they're just going to be like, great, we're going to go with these these people who I already work with. Uh-huh. So it's up to voice actors as well to run their businesses like other actors do. You're a brand uh, now, yeah. aren't you? Mm. I mean, yeah, yes, but also just because that is, I mean, I'm not saying everyone wants to get recognized at the grocery store, but no, no. Um, but it begets more work to be mm. totally honest. And, um, and we work hard and we deserve, uh, you know, being a talented voice actor is, is just as cool as being a talented on camera actor. So at least that's my take on it. And so amazing. Um, no, I agree. I agree. Um, is there anything you want to quickly say to the fans just watching? Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. If you're watching and you are like 3am as well, I'm like, um, big shout out to all the Aussies. Um, Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Oi, oi, oi. <laughs> Thank you. Um, uh, send me a quokka, uh, if you're near Perth and, <laughs> and just thank you so much for watching. I, I appreciate you hearing me prattle on and, and thank you so much, Dan. This was super fun. And I hope to do this again. We are doing this again. Don't you worry. But at a decent hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, guys, make sure you follow Courtney on IG, Twitter, Facebook. Links are in the description. Um, and again, thank you so much, Courtney. Just before I let you go, is there anything uh, Ada Wong can say to Dan as we wrap this one up? Well, Dan, a few things that I actually didn't bring up in this a uh, little meeting of ours is a it's very important to vote so i'll be looking to make sure that you're talking about voting because that's one of my pet delights that everyone be registered and use their vote also dan i just want to say it's been lovely talking to you and i hope to uh, indulge in more games i'd love to <laughs> I don't prattling That's on. That's pretty I'm, good for uh, <laughs> an ad hoc uh, performance. Yeah. No, I do. I do talk. I also have a side project about Nerds Vote, Nerds, Nerdsvote.com, yeah, Nerds, which yeah, is yeah. American, you know, voting. But no matter where you are, please make sure that you guys, uh, please make sure that you guys are registered and that you're using your power to vote wherever yeah, you in, are. In Australia, we have to vote anyway, but in America, you obviously have to. You have to go out. <laughs> oh, I tell um, people about that all the time. Um, but also, Ms. Zircon says, y'all come back now. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that, boys. <laughs> all right, LaCourtney, we'll have a great day. I can't wait to, to chat again. But thanks so much Absolutely. for taking the time. Anytime. Thanks so much, you guys. It was a pleasure. Take care.